Okay, so today we will have Linda Westinghouse, who is the financial navigator for the Healthcare Help Center. And stay tuned, because she'll have lots to share with us. Should be a great conversation. Looking forward to it. Hi, I'm Kate Ford. And I'm Eric Fogg. Welcome to C-Town. In each episode, we will discuss all things York Hospital, past, present, and future, as well as current medical topics to help us navigate that sometimes confusing world of healthcare. So Kate, let's talk about what's going on at York Hospital this week. It's uh, been a busy week. It's actually snowing outside as we record this, so winter is certainly here. And with winter comes the flu season. And uh, have you got your flu shot yet this year? I absolutely have. How about you? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we're starting to see flu pick up here in uh, Maine and in York County, not to the levels that we're seeing it in other parts of the country. So uh, if you have any uh, family members or loved ones who have not got their flu shot yet, please go ahead and do that. You can get that at your primary care office or you can come to any of our walk-ins. Um, what else is going on at the hospital? I know we've had a busy a team uh, busy decorating the floats for all the community parades. Um, they did the submarine. They have a Beatles theme to it or something yes. like that? Wasn't yes. That, uh... I saw Judd and his wife uh, looking a little like the Beatles. And I think we've done uh, holiday parades in Ogunquit, I think in York, uh, in Sanford, in Wells, I think to cover a few of them. Kittery. It's a, it's a busy season for sure. It is. So as always, there's a bunch of things going on at York Hospital, and you can go to our website to check out activities and upcoming events, including Lunch and Learns that are coming down the pike. Uh, but without, without further ado, I'd like to get to our topic today and, and uh, get to our interview with, with Linda, which I think is going to be fantastic. Really looking forward to that. So I'd like to introduce Linda Westinghouse, who is our guest today. Linda is the York Hospital Financial Navigator, and she brings so much energy and um, enthusiasm to a subject that many of us find very hard to navigate through. Um, kind of like that deer in the headlight feeling, I guess. So um, Linda does a great job cutting through that on behalf of patients and families. So we'd like to welcome Linda. Thank you. So Linda, there are many uh, patients and families going in and out of the healthcare help center all day long. What the heck are you doing in there? Well, we're pretty busy. We are a team of four people. And the there's a board of overseers that are patients, there's a patient board, that felt that one of the gaps of care potentially could be from the moment someone comes into the hospital for a procedure or a surgery or an experience from, to the time they leave with a bill in their hands, that there's opportunity for a lot of confusion, which can equate to dissatisfaction. So. Our group was put together. We have myself, a financial navigator, who helps navigate the healthcare system in terms of costing, uh, coverage for insurance, options for coverage, program assessments in the state and federal government. And then we have Elise Keel, who's a social worker, uh, who works with patients to find community connections, whether it's housing, uh, long-term care, uh, whatever a family needs and is looking for, she'll support. And then we have a prescription assistance person who helps with some very high cost uh, drugs, help family gets, get access to those drugs in a more efficient way, in a costlier, less costly way. And then we have a new member, Amy Baker, who's the clinical member of our team. If somebody has the clinical questions of what's going on medically, she's part of our team and she's a resource that partners up with us to help patients understand 
medically what's happening. So we were created for that board as a healthcare help center, and we're basically doing that. And it seems to be really working well. We have a lot of very active people in our office, and uh, we just finished with open enrollment, so it was especially active. Medicare open enrollment is every year from December or October 15th through December 7th, and Marketplace is open November 1st through December 15th every year. So both those kind of happen simultaneously, and we've been just crazy in there. I was looking at Linda's uh, calendar today, and there was not even time to go and grab a bite to eat. So no, it's pretty appreciate bad. the work that you're doing. Yeah, I was happy to take a break and help. So I'm happy to be here. Linda, given the complexity and how difficult it is to navigate, how did you yourself get into this line of work? Like, what was your background that drove you to jump right into this type of work? I was actually uh, in marketing and really fast track, uh, rat race, really cared about making money. And uh, then my daughter was diagnosed with uh, cystic fibrosis when she was two. Wow. And it was literally like the train was picked up off the track I was on and put on another track. And all I cared about was health insurance, understanding it. You put on a deep sea suit and you dive in deep. They say she can't go to children's anymore. Well, why is that? Who's, who decides that? How do I argue that? Yeah. What are the boundaries and parameters of health insurance? Why are they that way? Sure. I was one of the people on the sidelines with pom-poms cheer, cheering Obamacare or, or the ACA because, you know, literally it, it feels to me that healthcare has been a piece of four-layer chocolate piece of cake. If you were at the top layer and your income was high enough, you could pretty much buy any plan you wanted and get very broad coverage with a low deductible. If you had coverage through the workplace, you had, you know, it was very accessible. The worker was supplemented by the employer and they have tax credits and there's incentive to keep good employees. Mm -hmm. But the two bottom layers of the cake were left out of that. Mm -hmm. If we had ever lost insurance, nobody would have insured us before the ACA because we were too high risk. Yep. So the ACA really is about looking at our health outcomes in this country and if you Google the World Health Organization, we rank 37th in the world behind Costa Rica. That was pre-ACA. Right. Can you so, define ACA or did you already and I just no, missed it? No, it's the Affordable Care Act. Thank you. And there's two pieces to the Affordable Care Act. There's the third layer of the cake, which is anybody who's between 138% of federal poverty level and 400% of federal poverty level. They have what's called advanced premium tax credits to help pay for their health insurance. It's a real leg up into the saddle for them. Um, it, it's helping people be insured that never could have been insured before. And then you have the bottom layer of the cake, which is 138% of federal poverty level and below, they are now insured. So that's the second part of the ACA. Um, and so what that really does when you make healthcare accessible to everyone and it make it affordable is you know your hospital will always take care of its patients regardless of their ability to pay. Absolutely. That's our, our mantra. We, we will support anybody. Um, the problem is, is that when you do that and people don't get health insurance, they are the, the funding for that is going to be padded in inflated pricing for every service in any hospital or doctor's office in the United States. Right. So when you make everybody eligible for health insurance, you deflate that false padding and you equalize and stabilize the marketplace, which lowers premiums for everybody. So for the last few years, we've seen premiums stabilized because of the ACA. And in our state, it's in most cases lower. 
Interesting. So it's really been a wonderful boon for everyone. And I'm just so happy to be able to help people connect to these programs and services. I have the best job in the hospital. Now, you mentioned the 37th in outcomes in the United yes. States. Mm -hmm. So how do you relate that to the money that this country spends on healthcare? Where do we rank uh, as it relates to that? We're actually the, just about the highest. Sure. Yeah. That's where I was going with that. Yeah. So we spend the most. But we spend the most. Our outcomes aren't, uh, aren't fantastic. They're not because they, they measure uh, longevity for men and women, yep. cancer rates, birth rates. And that problem really has to do with the bottom two layers of the cake. Again, it's funding in a completely dysfunctional way. People who don't have insurance, haven't had access to it, don't go for regular checkups during pregnancy. Um, they just don't, they have a lump and they say, well, you know, I'm going to put that off because I don't have the money for that appointment. Now they have access to health insurance to get all preventative care is covered free now. Mm -hmm. So your annual physical, there's many, many pregnancy uh, preventative treatments and services and tests that are done covered for free. Colonoscopies are free every 10 years. And in my case, every three years, because I have family history, it's completely free, no copay. So That's when you terrific. take away pre-existing condition exclusion, lifetime limit exclusion, uh, you, you open up the opportunity for all Americans to be insured that are U.S. citizens. Wow. That's terrific. And you had talked about um, with me before a, a, a patient that you were working with, and um, he was eligible for... Oh my case hit my my big yeah. success. Yes. Oh, that was Is a that, that was success? a big yeah. win. I've been here about <laughs> two and a half years, and it was probably about probably about eight months after I started. And I got a call from our oncology department. We connect all the time. There are certain departments we connect them, and somebody's in trouble. And oncology is one of them, where somebody will just be newly diagnosed with cancer, no insurance. And this was a woman who was sixty six years old no insurance, and decided she was not going to get treatment for leukemia. She was going to do a homeopathic sort of solution herself and not use holistic or traditional medicine to, to treat the leukemia, which is why I got the red flag call. And so I asked for them to ask permission for me to be able to call her. They got it. So I called her and I said, um, have you ever been married? Why don't you have Medicare? She said, I never paid in enough to get Medicare. I said, okay, what's your, what's your income? I have zero income. Mm -hmm. uh, I said, okay, were you ever married? Yes, I was. Were you married more than 10 years? Yes, I was. Okay, can you come into my office immediately mm -hmm. with your marriage certificate, your divorce certificate, and, and get in here as soon as you can? She was wheeled in by her um, partner in a wheelchair. She couldn't walk. Her legs were so full of fluid. It was, looked extremely painful. It was awful. And uh, we applied that day for ex not expanded main care because it wasn't available then. We applied for Medicare. So under Medicare rules, Social Security rules, if you were married to a spouse 10 or more years and you haven't remarried, you're entitled to that member's benefits under Medicare and Social Security income. So I talk frequently to the Portsmouth Social Security office to help people. They know me over there. I call them and I said, I've got a really difficult case. I just applied for Medicare savings program for her. She would be eligible at the QMB level, which is qualified Medicare beneficiary, which pays for her Medicare Part B for her and gives you main care as a secondary. She'd be fully covered, never have a bill, be able to go anywhere she wants and apply for her ex-spouse's Social Security retirement benefit. They said, bring her over right now, we'll take her. 
So in two weeks, with Social Security's help, we got her turned on retroactive $9,000 payment for Social Security, $1,400 a month income, and Medicare, full Medicare and main care. So she went through and she got treatment through oncology for uh, probably about a year. And she walked into my office about six months ago, completely cured. Wow. What a terrific wow. story. It just oh was amazing. Amazing to be able to do that. Sure. How lucky am I? Lucky. How lucky am I? And she's lucky to have found you. Well, we've, we're lucky together. So out of all the services that you provide in your office, and, and we went through several of them, it's amazing. What's the most common reason people end up in your, in your office, would you say? I would say it's probably that they don't have any insurance. Uh, they don't understand their insurance. They want to look at other options. So I'm a certified Medicare counselor. I'm certified through Social Security, and I, I get certified through SMA, Southern Maine Agency on Aging, which is a wonderful group in the state. And in doing that, I can counsel anybody on their Medicare to make sure they understand their options while they're in their initial enrollment period. There are certain guaranteed issues you have for no medical underwriting during your initial enrollment period, which is three months before you turn 65, the month you turn 65, and three months after. After that period, people don't understand that your guaranteed issue to be able to get underwritten anywhere you want is gone. Wow. So you want to be fully educated on Medicare so you make really fully informed, educated decisions about which pathway you want to be in. Can you afford to be in original Medicare where your market is completely open on the United States to anybody who accepts Medicare? Or do you want to be in Medicare Advantage where there are limits and conditions and there's sort of a fencing system around you where you have a pay-as-you-go system with a maximum out-of-pocket risk every year. So I educate people to make those decisions, and that's probably one of the most fulfilling things I do here because it makes people really happy. And what about those folks that just don't qualify for any state or federal program? What type of options can you steer them towards here at York Hospital? We're also certified in the marketplace as Marketplace Assisters. York Hospital is a certified designated organization through CMS. So as that, we have four people doing enrollments during open enrollment for the marketplace. And that's that segment of the cake, that third layer mm. that is 138% of federal poverty level to 400. They will be able to get on the marketplace in that income range November 1st through December 15th every year. And then there are qualifying special enrollment periods for them. If they lose main care, if they lose workplace, we'll get all those people too. I lost my workplace insurance. I lost my job. You get a special enrollment on Marketplace for 60 days. So we're doing a lot of outreach and education to make sure people know that and we're there for them. Great. And before we talk about the four people that were helping you, because I think that segues into my last question, what was the biggest thing you were dealing with this season? I know that um, Medicare F got eliminated. I know my parents came in and, and asked for your help. Was that one or was... Medicare did away with any supplemental plan in original Medicare that covered the Part B deductible, which in 2019 was $185. It's not a big deal. In 2020, it's $198. So they did away with the two plans, which is C and F. Mm -hmm. They're no longer available. But if you turn 65 prior to January 1st, you can still get an F plan. It's going to be expensive because if you cap off a plan and there's no healthy 65-year-olds going in anymore, your rates are going to go exponentially higher quicker. Your actuarial you know, risk factor is going to be higher. So G is wonderful. It's the highest you can go, top of the pyramid. And the lowest price right now in the state of Maine is uh, $198 
it, with Anthem, but if you have a um, multi-household, two people going in, you get a 5% discount. It brings it down to a, about 188. But those rates change all the time. That's just right now. Mm -hmm. So you want to look at your current rates published on the uh, Main Bureau of Insurance Medicare Supplemental page. They publish all the current rates for all the different levels, A through N. And um, probably the most popular is the G because it covers everything but the 198. And then the second most popular is the N, as in Nancy, which covers everything the same way. You just have a $20 copay. So there's a little bit of risk on your part, but it's only $20. But your rates go down to about $150 on that a month, yes. in addition to your Part B premium, which is $144.60. And then you have to buy a drug plan. And you had some cross-training going on in your office with Renee, who's the uh, prescription Renee, drug. oh my gosh, she's a natural. She's really good at prescription assistance for our patients. And we started working collaboratively together a lot more because of the Medicare, checking Medicare plans. I started to teach her how do you, you go on Medicare. You could see what the cheapest plan is. Oh, look, their plan that they're saying they can't afford. It's actually just a deductible. Once they pay that first month, their, their drug's going to be $27. So we started working together collaboratively. She's just a brilliant person. And she's now certified as a SHIP counselor also through SMA. And what's SHIP again? State health insurance programs. Okay. And that's a certified your credentialing through Social Security be, to be able to educate and train uh, or, you know, help people in Medicare. And anybody else who is a SHIP? Just you, Renee and I are okay. SHIP counselors at the hospital. And then you have a couple of volunteers that... Wonderful volunteers. Thank you very much, Kate. Nice lead way. Yeah. Very, very Thank you. grateful for the volunteers you work so hard to get for us. We have Rich Stevens, who is amazing. Mm -hmm. He is a tax professional. And so we have um, marketplace applications that are done by self-employed people, and they really enjoy his expertise with tax guidance around maybe deferring some money into an IRA so they get more tax credits, advanced premium tax credits, or deferring, choosing a plan that's an HSA, health savings account, so you can defer money out of your um, claimed income into a health savings account to pay for your co-pays and deductibles. He's just... So valuable. He's amazing. He's amazing. And then uh, we had a new uh, volunteer this year that's wonderful, Amelia. Mm -hmm. Amelia Blainer. She's amazing. Like she the nine. she yeah. dresses so well. <laughs> She's just, We all admire her wardrobe. It's splendiferous. She has an HR background, so she's very good with people. She's a natural. She understands benefits. So that's a real plus for our department, too. So we were talking about Rich. Um, he was out, I think, helping someone put a budget together, and he realized that the person didn't have any food. And so he connected that person to the Bridges program, and we were able to send another volunteer out who comes in on a weekly basis to help her with her grocery shopping. He's amazing. So he did a nice job connecting her to additional services. Yeah. And his partner does meal delivery for yes. us as well and as a volunteer. That, that's, who we, yeah. <laughs> that's who we got. Yeah. yeah, so we kind of feel ourselves that we're Team America in our department. Yeah in the Healthcare Help Center. We just really love what we do. We're lucky. That's great. So Linda, yes. in, my, in my world, in the acute care world, the walk-in side, I've noticed a, a trend over the last several years that maybe you can speak to is um, patients who come in to see us with non-life-threatening emergencies. So something's wrong, but uh, they don't need to go to the emergency room, so to speak. I find that more and more people are inquiring about cost because they're carrying either high deductible 
co-pays or they don't have insurance. So they're almost shopping around a little bit with their healthcare dollars like you would, I guess, if purchasing any other good. Absolutely. So um, we get calls about um, pricing and, you know, before they check in, they want to understand kind of the cost that's coming to them. I just didn't, I've been practicing medicine for 23 years and it's something that I didn't see 20 years ago, 15 years ago. But now uh, we got a lot more questions about cost, transparency of cost. Mm -hmm. What's this really going to cost me? If you're going to order this test, what's it going to be? Uh, you see that in your office as well. Absolutely. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah Co-pays and deductibles are high. It's to create a moral hazard. Um, you know, because our system is so high in cost, if there's no moral hazard there to prevent people from just having open access with no cost sharing, then it would be more toxic, I think, to the health system. It's unfortunate that the deductibles are as high as they are. But one of the things I do is also estimating for our patients when they have things coming up. Yep. I'll help them figure out what the costs are. But you're right. That's that's a big change. And there's CMS law that's making transparency part of the new I've, new way we do business. And so we've, we've been kind of on the front edge of all this. I think what we do in the Healthcare Help Center is unavailable anywhere else. I've never seen it available to anybody else. And I think the way that we've created pricing transparency, I've been here almost three years like you, Kate, and... I, I, they've had transparency pricing in the in our website the whole time. Yeah, and it's gone deeper now. Now it's gone deeper. There's an Excel format in there you can see under patients and visitors that has really broad costing for just a ton of stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, it's really been an interesting thing. Do you find that strategy, that moral clause, as you put it, is it working uh, to some degree? I I do. Yeah. I think that it really does work. I think that I kind of think of that max out of pocket and deductible, and when when I get someone to understand the healthcare system, that that's like, we're trapeze artists. Whether we know it or not, walking out the door, we have inherent risk. And you don't know what's going to hit you in health. You just don't know. And so that deductible and max out of pocket is the safety net like a trapeze artist. You're never going to fall any further than that. Um, but all your preventative's free. And that's the, the issue to the World Health Organization, that improving our health outcome, the preventative care is all about that. If you have a lump, your physical will discover it, and you'll look into what it is. But the preventative to find out what it is is free. And I think to your point about your hospital being out in front of a lot of these things, I think part of the uh, growth of our walk-in service line was an attempt to deliver a more cost-effective model yeah. to avoid people going to the emergency room and that sort of thing for non-emergent conditions. So that's led yeah. to the growth to your hospital now is six walk-ins, which yeah. – uh, 10 years ago, I had one. So yeah, I love the walk-in. I use it. It's great. Thank you. And even some of the practices are doing drop-in. They do same-day appointments yeah. uh, as well. Um, and uh, you know, patients are looking for convenience, access, and cost-effectiveness mm -hmm. now. They really kind of are looking for all three of those things. So if you can hit on all three of those things, then you'll have um, you'll have a great foundation of providing good, good care to the community. I, I agree. I've never had care in my life like I get here. I, I That walk-in, I'll tell you. On the weekends, I can never go during the day, but on the weekends, if I have a sinus infection, you just go over there, you're seen immediately. It's inexpensive. It's a really, really spectacular system. Well, as hey, we say, thank Carol. you for your business, but uh, we hope you don't have to use this anymore. No, it's one of those, uh, it's one of those it's, companies yeah. where I say to people, I hope I never see you again and mean it in a nice way. You know. <laughs> yeah.
<laughs> so Eric, where are the walk-in locations? Yep. Just to give you a little plug. Yeah, so we have six of them. We have a walk-in in Kittery that's in the same footprint as Kittery Family Practice, and we work as partners there. We have one right here in York on Route 1, uh, right across from the Hannaford. Um, we have one out in Berwick, which is one of our original uh, walk-ins. Uh, we're in Wells, of course, um, dovetailed with... Uh, our urgent care there that offers more emergency services. So you have both options there, depending on how sick you are. Uh, of course, we have uh, one in Sanford that we've opened two years ago, which has been hugely successful, oh. now partnered with uh, Sanford Primary Care Practice um, of York Hospital as well. And we have one in Kennebunk uh, that's been open about a year and a half. So yeah, we've got, uh, what did I say, Kittery to Kennebunk covered. Yeah. Excellent. Great. You all set? Yeah. With your question? I, I'm all set. I wanted to tell you one more story about yes. Elise because I didn't talk enough about oh, Elise. Oh, yes. Elise, our social worker, this past summer, there was someone who was homeless living in our parking lot. I don't know if you noticed that. Mm -hmm. um, she was the one who worked with her every day for about three months to the point where ultimately she was able to get her housing. It's amazing. And led her on the highway in her car because she was not really capable of driving very well anymore right. by the time because she's you know, elderly, very elderly. Um, and she got her into an apartment and got, got volunteer movers to get her in this new apartment. At least does amazing things for she people does. in the community. I She's, work pretty closely with her through the Bridges program. Yeah. Yeah, some of my requests come through her. She's yeah. just an amazing person, She's a very compassionate, giving soul. Good at what she does. Yeah. Well, thank you, Linda. You're Do welcome. you have anything else you'd like to add before we sign off? Well, you know, I could just go on and on. I know. Sure. Well, could we have you back again? Oh, of course. Okay. okay. Yeah, no doubt on behalf of York Hospital, the Board of Trustees, we thank you and your team for all that you do. It makes a enormous difference. So thank, thank you, you. Eric. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you, Linda. Well, Eric, I worked through some nerves with that first podcast, and I was so happy that Linda Westinghouse was our first Yes, she made us feel so much more comfortable, or at least me. I mean, it was a perfect way to start off this project. I mean, what an important topic, I think, that relates to such a large audience. So um, it applies to um, uh, so many aspects of how we deliver care here at the hospital that I think it was um, it was a perfect way to start. You did a great job. You did, too. And you know what? We both got our plugs for the volunteer program and your walk-in. So. <laughs> Well, great. I really look forward to this project. Uh, we actually have some neat topics coming down the pike. Um, in our next uh, episode, we're going to be talking with Dr. Evangeline Thibodeau. She is our infectious disease doc here at the hospital, and uh, we're bringing her in this, this time of year specifically to talk about uh, flu, uh, how to prevent it, um, the value of the flu shot, uh, what to do if you get the flu, uh, what the signs and symptoms are of the flu, uh, and how to navigate this uh, this cold and flu season. So that should be a good discussion as well. We also have uh, guests coming in to talk about our older adult program here at York Hospital, which is a growing, developing program that is uh, uh, doing great work out in the community as well. Looking forward to those. Excellent. Thank you for listening to this episode of C-Town. We hope you found it of interest and would love to hear from you about topics you'd like to learn more about. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also find episodes by clicking C-Town button on the homepage of yourcosmo.com. C-Town is a production of Darcy Creative in collaboration with York Hospital. Copyright 2020.